Let's stand together. First Thessalonians chapter number five. Got another thought on being an encourager. You know what just happened tonight? All through this congregation, you was encouragers. Each and every one who minded God. Each and every one who spoke from your heart what the Spirit of God gave you to speak. You was an encourager tonight. You was an encourager. There ain't no doubt what you just said encouraged Jamie. Because it encouraged me hearing what you said. There is no doubt that every testimony here tonight was for a reason. The Lord dealt with me. He said, give people a chance to testify. And I thought, ain't nobody going to testify tonight. Boy, I'm glad God knows what's going on. Encouragers. You're sitting in a church full of encouragers. And we've got to keep encouraging one another. Amen. People struggling, man. We're getting close to the end, which is the beginning for us. We're going home real soon. First Thessalonians chapter 5, at other times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Need to understand what the Scripture's speaking on. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness of that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that are drunken are drunken in the night. But let us... Or of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not, I'm telling you, you can't emphasize this verse enough. You need to highlight it. You need to put pen markers around it. You need to bend over the corner of the page in your Bible. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, amen, amen. but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and over you in the Lord and admonish you to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. These are things that rejoice, uh, these are things that encouragers do. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And then the thought for tonight, quench not the Spirit. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you have done. We thank you, Lord, for you are the only one who can line up a service. You are the only one who can put pieces together. 
You're the only one that can fix this the way that it needed to be fixed. Help me for a few minutes just to be able to share what you've laid on my heart. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for being here and thank you for minding the Lord tonight. There's a book that I try to read every year. I try to read my Bible and I try to read some other books along with my Bible. There's one book that I try to read every year in the name of the book. And if you get the wrong version of it, it's almost impossible to read. There's some versions of this book that that is, is the old English and it is, I'm telling you, man, it is a struggle. But the book that I try to read every year is a book entitled Pilgrim's Progress. And I, just the other week, the Lord dealt with me about reading that book again. And every time that I read it, that book is not the Bible, but that book is about the Bible. And every time that I read it, I find things also in that book that I do not remember reading. And it's always something new that the Holy Spirit will bring out in the pages of that book. And I found some things again. I'm only in starting the third chapter. And just in the first two chapters, I was reading it and I thought, man, I don't remember reading that. I don't ever remember seeing that. But there is this one part of this book that always encourages me. And I'll share it with you and then I'll get into this scripture just for a few minutes this evening. Christian is walking and he is trying his best to figure out how can I get this burden off of my back? He's living in the land of destruction and he talks to his wife and he talks to his children and they they laugh at him and they mock him and they do not want to hear anything that the husband has to say and the dad has to say. And he says, I have to leave. I have to leave and get away from this place. This is the land of destruction. And I have read in the book that there is a city and it's a celestial city and I must find this place so that I can get this burden off of me. And Christian begins to walk, and as he walks, he runs into this man. And the man that he runs into, his name is Mr. Evangelist. And Mr. Evangelist tells Christian, he says, here's what you need to do. He says, you need to stay on the straight path. And he said, you need to look for the gate. And when you get to the gate, he said, knock. And he said, when you knock on the gate, they'll let you in. And he said, they'll show you and they'll point you to the hill called Calvary where you can get that burden off of your back. I love this book that I'm reading again. And as Christian is walking and he runs into several different people and one person tells him, says, where are you going? And he says, I'm, I'm going to the gate and I'm trying to get this burden off of me. And he laughs at him and he says, well, you don't need to go that way. He said, you need to go this way. He said, this way is a better way. And he says, he says, can I get this burden off of me? And he says, yeah, you can get the burden off of you. And he walks and he gets to the end of the path and he finds himself under a big old huge mountain and it's dark and the burden is not off of him, but the burden has now gotten heavier and Mr. Evangelist shows back up and says what are you doing here Christian he says a man instructed me that I should come this way and he said this is not the way that I instructed you to go Mr. Evangelist said he said this mountain that I'm under is put me under such more of a heavy load he said well the mountain that you are under is Mount Sinai 
And he said, all this place will do, he said, the law, he said, all it will do is just burden you down and weight you down even heavier and heavier. He said, turn and get away from this place and go back to the straight and the narrow path and find yourself at the gate and find yourself at the mount called Calvary. Amen. I love this book. And on his way, he comes to a house. He knocks on the door and they say, come in. And the name of this man is Mr. Interpreter. And Mr. Interpreter says, I'm going to take you to some rooms and I want to show you some things. And I'll give you the interpretation of the rooms that you see. And one of the rooms that he goes in, and I've shared this several times here, but it goes right along with the scripture. One of the rooms that Christian goes in and Mr. Interpreter leads him into is a room and there is a wall and there is a fire that is burning up that wall. And there is someone who has a bucket of water and they are running up to the wall and they are trying to dash out the flames and they, and they go back and they get more water and they, and they come back and they're trying to put out the flames. And Christian asks and he says, what's going on in this room? And he said, those flames is the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of your life as a believer. And he said, the one who is trying to Cut out the flames is the enemy, and his name is the devil. And he said, the only way that you can understand what's going on is he said, you cannot stand on this side of the wall and see it. You must go behind the wall and see it. And Mr. Interpreter takes Christian behind the wall. And there's one standing back there that has oil. <laughs> and he's pouring the oil. And the oil is keeping the fires burning. And he said, this is the Lord that keeps pouring the oil. He keeps pouring the oil and he keeps pouring the oil and he keeps pouring the oil. And the Holy Spirit is blazing up on this wall. And he said, no way can the enemy cut out this flame because the Lord continues to pour the oil on the flames. Amen. And every time I read that, man, it fires me up. When I read that, I had no idea. I didn't come over here to stand behind the pulpit to even share that out of that book at all. But evidently God wanted me to. I am so thankful for the Spirit of God tonight. Amen. When I was a young, young man and a young preacher, there was a man who would come preach revivals. Man, you're talking about a hard preacher. His name was Sammy Allen. And Sammy Allen would come once a year to the church where me and my wife attended. And Sammy Allen would preach. And Sammy Allen, he was an older man and he'd take his glasses off and his hands would shake like this. And when he would preach, he'd, he'd have his glasses in his hands and he would, he would preach and sling his hands like this when he was preaching. And he said, I want to remind everyone of something. David Williams can interpret him perfectly. He said, I want to remind everyone in this service, the most sensitive person in this service is the Holy Spirit of God. He said, the Holy Spirit of God can be so easily hindered and the Holy Spirit of God can be so easily quenched. That is why it is very important that every time that you and I enter into the house of God, that we are always obedient and we do exactly what the Spirit of God beckons our hearts to do. Amen. Because more than anything, more than a preacher, more than a song, more than anything that happens any time that we meet on this property, we need the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. 
Because without that, it is powerless. And all it will become is a form of godliness and we will deny the power thereof. We constantly need the presence of God in this place. Do you agree or disagree? Got to have the presence of the Lord. That's what makes the difference in everything. That's what makes the difference in everything. To quench not the spirit. An encourager will testify. An encourager will be obedient. And how many people do you know that spiritually... The fires of God are burning in their life. And have you ever said this? I want what they have. I need what they've got. That person makes me want to get closer to Jesus. I want, I want, I want my walk to be closer with the Lord than it's ever been. And you see people who God is all over them. And you think to yourself, how did they get that way? By being obedient. By spending time in prayer and spending time in the Word. And we cannot quench the Spirit of God. Listen to what that word means. I'm not going to be much longer. Listen. To quench not the Spirit means to steal. And it means to quiet. Shh. To quiet the Spirit. It means to repress. It means to stifle. It means to become cold. It means putting out the flame. That's what the word quench means. To steal, to quieten, to repress, to stifle, to become cool and to put out the flame. If any time anyone in this service ever tells you you're too loud, shout louder. If any time anyone in this service says you testify too much, testify twice. Amen? Hey, listen, we don't need to get quieter. We need to get louder. We don't need to quit testifying. We need to testify more. We don't need to quit coming to the altar. We need to wear the altars out. I'm telling you, man, we need not quench the Spirit of God in this place. You say, man, it makes me uncomfortable when people get fired up. Hey, listen, man, you ain't going to do good in heaven. Amen. We need the presence of God. And whatever you do, child of God, never quench the Spirit, please. Please don't ever quench the Spirit. You say, well, preacher Keith's getting ready to read the Scripture. He's already said, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. I'm glad that there was one more testimony. Amen. That testimony was an encouragement to a lot of people in this service tonight. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. That word stir up in 2 Timothy means to kindle up and it means to cause to burn. Anything that cools us off, that dampens the soul, we need to get rid of it or we need to start doing more. I've been in services before and I thought to myself, you know what? I should have did that. And then there'll be the next service that comes up and I'll say, well, I'll just do it now. It's different then. I mean, it's still going to be good, but it's different then. Amen. 
This morning at the end of the 11 o'clock service, I was so burdened to say something. And I stood up here and I wrestled with it. Do I, do I not? Do I, do I not? Do I say it? Do I not say it? And man, when I finally come to the conclusion in my mind that I have to mind the Spirit of God regardless, whew, there was a burden that lifted off of me. And when I got home today, I had more peace than I've had in a long time after a message. And my wife come home and she crawled up beside me on the bed and she looked at me and she started crying and I started crying. And all we could say is, is thank you, Lord, for your goodness in our lives. Amen. Because the Lord is good. And when the Lord deals with you about do something, do it. If he tells you to go to Ingalls, go to Ingalls. If he tells you to make a call, make a call. If he tells you to go to someone, go to them. You say, oh, no, I don't want to hurt nobody. I don't want to offend nobody. I don't want to make nobody uncomfortable. When the Spirit of God is dealing with you, and it's good, and it's of God, because every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, and it's not evil, it don't take you long to figure out that the Lord is moving you to be an encouragement to someone else. But what happens is if we do not do it, we are not just quenching the Spirit in us, we're quenching the Spirit in the whole service. Can you imagine more than anything what the devil would love to do in here tonight? He'd love for you to have said, don't get anointed tonight. Don't say nothing tonight. Don't talk about being set free by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Don't do that. Don't say nothing, young man. Amen. Don't testify. Don't do that. The next thing you know, we've come in here. We're all about half asleep when we come in. We're more asleep when we leave. And God's not done anything for any of us. You know why? We have quenched the Spirit of God. Don't go to the altar. Don't go over and love on your daddy. What's somebody going to think? Who cares? Do what God tells you to do. Amen. You hear me, child of God? Do what the Lord... Don't, don't say nothing. There's already been too many people testify already. Do you get the picture what it means? Quench not the Spirit. If you get it, say amen. amen. To steal. Quiet, to repress, to stifle, so that we all become cold. Hmm. It chills our feelings. We're lifeless in the service of the Lord. Oh, that we would live a life that the Lord intended for us to live. He said, I didn't just come to give you life, but I come to give you life more abundant. Amen. And you know what's amazing to me? I told a story Wednesday night, and I cannot shake it, man. I cannot shake it. I'm going to share this story, and then I'm finished for tonight. And then I want us to do one more thing that God laid on my heart, and then we'll be done in the service. I read a story, and I shared it with the Wednesday night congregation. There's a preacher that got asked to go see a little lady that lived up in the mountains. He drove his truck as far as he could drive it, and then he got out and he started walking. And as he began to walk up this path, he got up to an old house. This widow lady lived there, has no children. 
And when he got up to the house, the, the house was about all broken down. Some of the windows was busted out. And, and as the pastor got up there, he heard something. And he heard somebody hollering. And he got up close to the door and he heard all of this and Jesus too. And man, me and my family has taken that story and we have used it all week long. All of this and Jesus too. And he got closer to the door and he heard all of this and Jesus too. And he got ready to knock, but instead of knocking, he walked over to the side and looked through a broken window. And there stood a little old lady, gray hair, bowed over, with her hands up in the air, looking down at a table that had a loaf of bread and a jar of water. And she had her hands up in the air and she was saying, all of this and Jesus too. All of this and Jesus too. (laughs) God's been good to us. We come in here tonight and we enjoyed all of this and Jesus too. Me and my wife went to eat and we was like, we get to eat all of this and Jesus too. My daughter in Jackson, they just found them a house to rent. And I told her, I said, honey, can you believe all of this and Jesus too? Amen. Got in my car on the way over here. Can you just picture it? I'm driving this and Jesus too. Amen. I walk in here and I'm like, all of this and Jesus too. We got Bible school coming up. All of that and Jesus too. I'm telling you, we're blessed tonight. God's been good to us. When you look down at that little baby boy, little Jackson, every now and then I hope it hits you and you say all of this and Jesus too. Yes, amen. Amen. All of this and Jesus too. Wouldn't Jesus have been enough? But all of this (laughs) and Jesus too. Don't ever be quiet when he tells you to praise him. Don't ever worry about what anyone else thinks when he tells you to praise him. Just be obedient. Because there's one that has a bucket full of water. And his job is to quiet you. To suppress you. And to cool you down. But I want to testify something to everyone in here. You folks in here that are fired up for Jesus, fires me up. You folks in here that love the Lord, makes me want to love him more. You people that come visiting with us just here today, and some of you folks has been with us before and coming back. You know what? When I see people walk in this church, it fires me up, man. Because I want you to look at something. I want you to look around. On a Sunday night service, all of this and Jesus too. <laughs> all of our little preachers are out at North Hazelwood preaching out there. Dwayne Dryman and his family's preaching over at Woodfin. All of this and Jesus too. If you don't stay for Bible school, at least come by one night and walk down the sidewalk, walk through the fellowship hall, and come in here one night for commencement. But this is what I want to challenge you with. As you're walking around and you're seeing everything that's going on, just say this to yourself, all of this and Jesus too. Amen. Amen.
God's so good. 